episode of the Fan Men Podcast. I'm DJ Gove. Chris Davis. Sean Hogarty. Hello. Dark and mysterious. No, it's just that morning, the the morning voice without enough sleep, not enough coffee, not enough anything. Or as we call it, Sean's OnlyFans voice. <laughs> Sean has no OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> His OnlyFans is a silent film. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Most likely in black and white. <laughs> all right. So what, uh, what's today? It is a Sunday. It's yeah, it's a Sunday. Sunday, a Sunday, the 17th of January, 2021. It feels like this year is year already ever. 10 months long. <laughs> yes, it the does. The day we pray Tom Brady loses. Oh, this is true. Uh, Which is pretty much every time he plays now. <laughs> Honestly, with no. like... Much to Chris's chagrin, even A-B-T. with A-B-T. with who's left, I can't root against Tom. Like I know it's like I know Cleveland ain't gonna win it, but yeah, no, I. Think... But none of them are your team. I know. Yes, I this know. is true. I, so I... why not root against the one that jilted you? <laughs> oh, that's right, because it was the mean people that drove him away. That's the Chris yeah, Davis I way. I just so want to remember the good time. Million somewhere else instead of here. I get it. No, I just, the old man wanted to go to Florida. It's fine. It I know, happens. but he's still. Yeah, he was our old man. <laughs> nah, everybody's mm-hmm. dead to me. I'm no longer a football uh, fan. <laughs> it's like when you push the ex girlfriend away, and then she moves. She loses a little weight and moves to moves to the beach, and like oh, I want her back. You realize you were the only thing holding her back. Yeah, yeah, it was me. I was the I was the piece <laughs> of shit, not them. <laughs> Oh, no, not you specifically. Oh, no, I mean, fair enough. The you in any of those scenarios. Yeah, that's true. I just uh, I just got texted a picture of uh, of donuts from my sister. That's really mean. Mm, oh, we had donuts yesterday. But this is, this is on the tail of her. Uh, she lives in Philadelphia with her husband and my niece and nephew, very Ooh. small children. And she just texted me that she was catching up on listening to our our podcast and uh little charlie my niece says um that sounds a lot like uncle sean so hi charlie it actually is uncle sean don't listen to the f-bombs coming out of my uh my voice or or my my partner's voices here um only say hi, nice charlie. things i have to behave yes no you don't have to yeah philly which is getting a movies some point in time oh, this year. If that, yeah. yeah. Some point this spring. Yeah. As soon as their restaurant uh, stuff eases up a bit. That would be nice. Because Pennsylvania's restaurant rules are insanity right now. Mm. So they caused my uh, sister-in-law's place to basically just have to shut their restaurant chain. She's she's out out on her head. Good times. Some COVID. But anyway, mm. so um, it's only been a week, but by chance they want to pick anything up this week? Um, I did receive, I think I technically bought it like three weeks ago, but thanks to the United States Postal Service, I only just received it. Uh, Detective Comics number 866, but it's the Walt Simonson uh, 75th anniversary yes. issue uh, cover. Um, so I'll show it to the camera here. It's very, it's a very stylized uh, Joker mm-hmm. with two guns towering like an, over Batman. Looks like, like an anime villain in that. Yeah, um, I think this this might be an homage cover I, to something else. Um, I haven't seen that one pop up very often. It's, this is a very, you know, relatively rare variant. So is that like, um, like a one in fifty or something? Probably. No, I I think it's a one in twenty five, but that doesn't actually set the number printed. 
that yeah. sets the ordering context. Yeah. But um, I'm saying so a lot of people, a lot of smaller shops probably didn't order the 25 to get one. So correct. the distribution yeah. was low. Right. Yeah. So exactly. I, it's been on my list for a while just from a completionist standpoint. Um, nice. Nice. Yeah. It looks like it could be a maybe a 9.4 or something. I, I, um, like it's a, it's a, you know, I paid like 40 or 50 bucks for it. It's not cheap, but uh, yeah. But it's one of the few Gorgeous. holes. You know, in my run, so yeah. or at least a few That's covers that I wasn't ha- didn't have. Denny O'Neill was still writing. Yes, it, right? yeah. This is uh, this is Denny oh, O'Neill wow. and uh, uh, Dustin Wen and Derek Friedolf's on the art stuff. Does, but, mm, uh, does the book cool. have any significant storyline wise, or is it just um, the cover? I honestly don't remember. This is this is at the very tail end of the detective run, right? There's a I, I think the final issue is like eight. 81 maybe like detective 880 is the famous jock cover the joker the joker face made out of black flying bats with red bright red like you know it's it's an iconic Mm -hmm. um yeah but i think 881 is the last one so this is uh uh this is 15 yeah this is about a year and a half before the end of that run of detective comics um okay but i don't remember what was going on there it's uh is it during the was it Black Mirror? What's not Black Mirror? Uh, no, honestly, I don't remember what storyline was. Yeah, there. no, it's uh, at that point. Yeah, I'm. It's been too long. But there was yeah. a gap there for me before Snyder took over, and I yeah. jumped back in with both feet. That, yeah, I um, think shortly after this is the Snyder run. I'm just I, I can see the covers in my head. It's not Black Mirror. It's not Dark Mirror. It's not um, it's, it's not Black Mask. No, it's not Black Mask. I could does doesn't matter. It's at the you know it's it's yeah. right before Snyder kicked in, um, but so I just a nice you know, book, nice yeah. It's a nice cover, nice gorgeous. How about you guys? Nothing really on this side. Got some of my graded books back, but I haven't purchased anything of any note in a while. How about you, DJ? Well, see, number one, seeing your graded books really wants to make me get my Judas contract stuff graded. Impressed out mm. and everything, because, and then I did go. So I have I have a Teen Titans one. It's not the most expensive book, a volume one, number one. It's not the most expensive book in the world, but it's a little bit rough. I would really like to maybe some point in time start budgeting out to pick up a better copy. I mean, you can get a nine o graded pre graded for like a hundred and ten bucks. So we're not talking like insane money, but just some like a mm. would fill the void in my soul kind of thing. I'd like no, to get wouldn't. at least my Jewish contract graded out. So. No, I am. But I Are did you trying get, um, to say material things don't fix unhappiness, Sean? I'm saying pouring, pouring money into material things won't fill the hole in your soul. Sorry, I haven't strung myself up in a closet somewhere. <laughs> but no, um, no, no. no, no. Um, I did get it. I go full Gary Glitter. No, <laughs> so, no. Uh, that, that's even worse. Stop. I'll go with a bank. Go with David Carradine. No, no. Which was was the kung fu guy? There's a Bangkok joke in here somewhere. Yeah, no. Anyway, so um, I did get a. I had three things that I pre-ordered a long time ago, Mm -hmm. and they all just showed up this week, which was nice. Mm -hmm. So number one was, um, you know, I deal with action figures as people know, and action figures have this really dirty, dirty like way of doing exclusives for stores, and one of those stores usually is Walmart, and Walmart Mm -hmm. always seems to fuck it up. Your Walmart. So what yep. they did was um, NECA released uh, some Ninja Turtles movie stuff. There was a two-pack of Casey Jones. They got the hockey mask, my mm-hmm. favorite Turtles character, and Raphael in the trench coat. 
And one was uh, Super Shredder, Kevin Nash from NWO fame as the Super Shredder. Mm-hmm. And they gave him to Walmart, and Walmart's website let people just buy like 100 at a time. So the bot scooped them up within a second, and they were all on eBay Macari for $200 a piece, and it was a mess. So NECA went, you know what? Enough's enough. We're putting them up on our website. You got three weeks. You order one, we'll make you one, we'll send it to you. We're done with this shit. Good. So I ordered them for retail. And I just got them yesterday. So I have my Super Shredder in the nice window box. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got my two pack. And then the other thing was, even though I'm pretty much firmly out of the pop game, except for a few, like, uh, they do the series called the Ad Icons. Uh, whereas, you know. Did you buy the can of spam? No, I didn't. But I did get the uh, exclusive flocked slush puppy puppy. Because it's just like it was like eight ninety nine, and it just hit all the childhood feel. I love slush puppies. I still get them when I can. They're really hard to find now, but you can easily tell when he's trying to avoid Sean yelling at him. He'll start with it. It was only eight ninety nine, yeah. but mm-hmm. <laughs> so I bought that. Avoid it. Favorite part of these conversations. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I read that a while ago, and that showed up too. So I got those. The two buzzwords to get away from Sean. It was a pre order, or it was really cheap. Yeah, Me alone. Yeah. I haven't gone I over. I pre-ordered it before I met you. That's that's the only valid. You can't hold I it against it me. I ordered it in 1996, and it just showed up today. I was 26. Young, I needed the money. <laughs> no, uh, if, you d- if you needed the money, you don't pre-order something. Good try. That's his black and white OnlyFans. <laughs> no. Uh, mm. So yeah, so that's that's about it. So um, nothing crazy. Just a couple. Couple of things, nice. yeah. So anyway, so if if you guys are gonna do another stack of graded books, mm. Um, mm. anyone, if because it's cheaper if you do like more than five, right? Well, you see like a you ton of money on shipping. Definitely want stuff? to send in a, a bunch. Chris okay. does his through the hall, which is a, a good yeah. way. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, it depends. It depends on what they are. If they're older ones, that I think Manoli may need to work a little bit. Anything that's going to be of significant value, yeah. Then I'll send it in and. It's worth the extra fifteen bucks or whatever to have him clean it, press. Yeah, I mean, make I'm sure like, it's done right. Yeah. So recent well, stuff, I'll do like you, Sean. Yeah. I'll just send in a stack and yeah. go direct through one of the yeah. two services. Well, if you guys end up going to the hall again, you guys have a stack of books, and I could just throw you the cash and piggyback, so we could I could save some shipping. Just let me know; I'd appreciate it. So yeah, the shipping, the one-offs, it gets it's, it kills you. Yeah, I remember cumbersome. doing even just the Jim Wee ones last time, but it was brutal. You know, I did the Thena's Harley books; it was brutal. So. They're charging another 50 bucks for shipping on like two or three books going. Yeah. So that's all. So anyone else have anything else cool happen this week? Um, I feel like Hell probably yes, but I, I, the week yeah. has been a blur. I had to go to the, go to the office, uh, one day, which now feels like it removes that day from life. Like it's, yeah, it, it's so strange. Um, yeah, well, there were a couple of news bits that came out this week for mm-hmm. the stuff we do. Oh, uh, so number one is, uh, they, uh, moved up the release of the King Kong versus Godzilla movie two months mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. So we're getting that two months earlier. So that's great. So it's going to come nice. out in May now. Is that theatrical or is that under one of the streamers? It's one of those, both theatrical and HBO yeah, Max. Both. Okay. So, um, yep. Good. And hopefully by May things are a little more calmed down where we could, you know, do something with that. But it no. won't be. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm a dreamer, Sean. I, uh, I'm, but I'm, I mean I'm anticipating somebody coming back from Florida in early mid February 
and starting a new horrible mutant strain in Massachusetts as a result. So it's not going to get better by May. I Fair think enough. he's bubble boy through like August or something. Now <laughs> 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 right, I got my plan. I'll be in my house, be in my house for my week and I got my test scheduled and everything. So, but, um, yeah, so I mean, Godzilla vs. King Kong, anyone who's ever been an eight year old boy wants to see the giant lizard fight the giant monkey. So that, I mean, even if that movie sucks, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> so many different ways to yeah, go there. Yeah. Everyone's about want, GJ's lizard and monkey. You know, <laughs> no, I'm saying everyone's wanting to see King Kong fight Godzilla. Sure. Yeah, sure. No, nope. I want to see it in IMAX. That's the I know. Of it. But I know like the Cherry Valley one that needs to be seen on. To... Yeah, it needs yeah. to be seen on the big screen. Yeah. Uh, so mm. uh, number two, uh, Chris's personal favorite, the guy who created John Wick, is um, going to be helming the Dungeons and Dragons series that's coming out. So that could be kind of cool. So hmm. is that so you got something I really love and something I don't care about at all? I know I'm torn. So so it, what is that? Is that live action? Is that yeah? It's gonna be a live that? action Dungeons Dragon show. Really? It's, um, Who's doing yeah, that? It's it's about a paladin and um this guy was a paladin and um these guys kill his goblin and then he just decides to take out everybody is what it is. So where where's that gonna so be? So it's John Wick in Dungeons. Yeah, Dragons. John Wick Dungeons. Dragons. Not, um, they I I think it's gonna be on um. Either like one of like the primes or the maxes, one of those like paid ones. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's still in the early stages, but they they tapped him to uh do it. So the action scenes would be good at least. I know I'll Chris doesn't like if swords, it's, but if it's something I can watch with the girls, because they, you know, they like oh, yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Depends on this some of those shows that I like. That Dungeons and Dragons, for whatever reason, that just missed me. Yeah. It's really that I mean, it's not a thing, right? That's the thing. It's not, you know, Dungeons and Dragons is not a thing. It's a con, you know, it's a construct that the story and whatever it is, you know, you can call it Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. but that that, you know. Well, I guess supposedly this show is going to actually use like the characters that were like, you know, like the characters from the covers of the books and like, you know, the 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 small amount of continuity there is for it. Hmm. They want right. to tap into it, but Did you guys play at all when you were growing up? Yeah, a little, little bit. bit. Yeah, a little I bit. I for whatever the, reason, there just wasn't anybody around me. No, no, nobody in my circle. I never had a yeah. sustained playing. game. I had a, I had a couple friends in, uh, uh, in my dark year in Alabama, that uh, you know, a couple couple nerds uh, that were also, you know, from far away. Uh, you know, we played some, and then. I had a kid down the street that I did some with and, but, but never, you know, never a proper, like ongoing game with friends. It's hard enough to find, you know, friends that I had consistent time with because I moved around so much. Yeah. So it was more, I liked the idea of it and read the, you know, monster manual and the player's handbook and the dungeon master, but, but I never really had opportunities to play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I always played like D and D adjacent stuff, like Hero Quest or like the Might and Magic video games and that kind of stuff. You sure. know? And then I got the Zelda and uh, Dragon Warrior on the Nintendo and stuff. So I like yeah. the same thing. I like the idea. Yeah, I played I the video played. game kind of stuff, the Zeldas and those yeah. things. I always played. Yeah, but I, I like for nerds with friends, right? Yeah, but I, I like Magic and Dragons and Swords. And shield I never know. So all my yeah. friends were into hair bands and shit like that. Getting <laughs> yes. me to smoke when I was way too, yeah. way too young. Yeah, you're a late, late in life nerd, Chris. For uh, you know. For the the nerd light, I think that I'm you a are. more dis- 
A discerning nerd. A discerning you know? nerd. A discerned, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um very developed nerd palette. <laughs> <laughs> um so the the I guess for me the two biggest ones. So number one, not that you guys probably care, but the uh they did, you know, entertainment weekly, whatever gives you like the uh spreads of photos for the new movies, and that's how you mm-hmm. get your first look at stuff. So uh this month's is the Mortal Kombat movie that's coming out next year. So Soft, for me, that's a big deal. Stuff, it exists. Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. yeah, but that's like that's my wheelhouse. But the it's biggest right in your wheelhouse. Oh my god, you dumb uh, wheelhouse. But the absolute biggest thing happened was so there's film. They're currently filming Spider Man three, mm-hmm. and um, we are you know we all knew Tobey Maguire is coming back and uh, mm-hmm. Andrew Garfield is coming back and yeah. we all know there's going to be some multiverse shenanigans going yeah. on and things get pulled in. Um, well, someone got the photo. They caught Charlie Cox on the Spider-Man three set, so here what? comes Daredevil. Really? Yeah. It was, an, it was rumored months and months ago. It was. He was in as soon as the Daredevil rights reverted back to Marvel. Yeah, that they were bringing that New York in, and now they just alluded to um, Kristen Ritter's in talks. Uh, the She-Hulk oh. series is going to tie into Jessica the movie. Jones. That Wait, yeah, Kristen- Jessica Jones will be Kristen Ritter played Jessica Jones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That she's supposed to be a character in the in She Hulk she- show. That. Ooh, can yeah. I get uh, Night Nurse and. Uh, right. Rosario's Rosario's a little busy. She's got a couple movies coming out. She's got an Ahsoka show to film. Hey, but. she's got she's got plenty of. She's, she's got, got plenty of time. No, I know. Yeah. So it's it's awesome because, like, so I remember when they first cast Charlie Cox as Daredevil, I was like, oh, the Irish guy from Boardwalk Empire. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> and then you should realize, like, I can't see anyone else playing that part now. Kind of oh, like yeah. Affleck with Batman, but. um. It's one of those things where, like, I want those shows to come back because you realize now, I think, you know, we've talked about it with the Disney Plus stuff now and all these, like, I'd much rather consume these stories in that long game format than just the little movies. As good as, like, Endgame was and everything and all that, but it's like, I'd much rather have it over, like, six hours. Right? Yeah. It's, you know, watching 30, 45 minutes of, of a TV show that's produced with that quality, you know, but ties into all this other stuff, that's much more... Right. Talk about nostalgia, even though it's all new stuff, that feeling of serialized, whether it's a comic book or a Saturday morning cartoon or whatever, that's part of our, you know, verse. Well, so is sitting in the movie theater, honestly. But I I think the taste of that is so much better. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, that for the first time ever now, like we've we've obviously seen like, you know, we saw Iron Man and Thor and Cap and all the Avengers stuff. But now it's like. You know, I've talked before, like, I used to read a lot of Spider-Man books and stuff, and Daredevil was always a big part of that, because they're down the street from each other. And right. now they're going to be down the street from each other again. So it's like, the the universe is closing in on itself, which is great, because now I mean, you're going to do all kinds of stuff when it's all said and done, obviously, but... Well, well so the, that anchoring of the wonderful TV universe stuff that was, you know, really separate, separate world, you know, the, the Netflix Marvel universe from... You know, the only TV we had in Marvel Land was really uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is much light. Like, it's not serious. It's It was fun. It's great. And the fact that it tied it in was its great. had moments. Yeah. yeah. But if there they're literally... Certainly better than others. Yeah. If they're pulling that in. But that actually brings us to, you know, WandaVision. The idea that, you know, uh, great. If they're bringing in Netflix and that implies some future... Uh, Netflix Marvel Universe, but back in the TV series and movie series, I, that's great. But WandaVision. You can just erase anchored. the Netflix part. Yes. They're just retconning 
the characters yeah. that were established in the Netflix yeah. shows. Yep. Exactly. And the best part yeah. of that whole thing is not only is if Charlie Cox is be Daredevil, which is amazing because he was mm-hmm. great at the part, oh, yeah. but the big thing You're about Spider-Man and Daredevil is they share a very common villain. And if yeah. D'Onofrio is your movie Kingpin, that is a massive bucket of win because well, I mean, he is amazing. He, See, he's amazing. I, Daredevil growing up was always one of my favorite characters mm-hmm. just because – he has powers, yes, but there was always real consequence. Yes. This guy was going through hell yeah, he to got, be the yeah, hero he that he was. He got, yes. I mean, and there's, I'm sure there was some Catholic schoolboy allusion to all the shit that he was going through yeah, yeah, yeah. in his personal life. But the whole born again storyline and the fact that somebody like the Kingpin could just tear his entire life down yeah. Yeah. just to fuck with him. Mm. I mean, you, it's... Yes, he didn't have somebody with mechanical octopus arms yeah. <laughs> chasing him around to some of these fantastical villains. It was more your low-level street crime going against your mob yeah. boss. Yes. Kingpin. Plus, like you with know, him, even e- even more so than Batman. Like Batman, you know, he'd fight guys or whatever, and then he'd be up and at him the next thing. Daredevil would get the shit kicked out of him, and you'd see him like bleed for three books straight. Like, oh yeah, there's that rib that's broken. It would they, the injuries you, would continue he'd on. He'd be in court the next day, and it would be, he'd have an issue because stuff, blood yeah. was bleeding through his shirt. Yeah, yeah. you never. He stuff was the only like guy that. I remember ever having that kind of stuff going on. So, yeah. well, it, Batman had Miyagi as his butler. Well, that's true. That's true. The cape. I'm definitely excited. Um, I did. Uh, you know, even even more having just sat through an hour of WandaVision, you know, which is the like, I don't think I actually have finished. I don't think I've seen the last season of Punisher or Daredevil yet. Um, OK, they're both amazing. Know, they're they're queued up. Yeah. But um, you but, better hit Punisher quick because that's going to get erased pretty quickly. That's eh, uh, I'll see it when I see it. Um, But <laughs> but I did. WandaVision. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. Continue, please. WandaVision. I yield my time. Did do a very interesting job of kicking off uh, this, you know, Marvel on Disney streaming, you know, mm-hmm. thing. They did something. I love somebody who takes a, a concept or an idea and just pushes it and does it. And clearly it's. I'm not sure. I mean, we can, you know, we can, we're going to talk about the two episodes we've seen so far, right? Spoiler wise. Um, Yeah. It's, it's not clear to me exactly what's going on though. Some of what we've talked about in the past in terms of clearly, you know, we're in Wanda's mind or Wanda's in something or, you know, something, Mm -hmm. there's some external thing, but the, the choosing of the framing of the black and white town and existence within the sitcom within the I don't remember what came before but I still have to act like I exist here and you know yeah. it's so trippy and so well done before we do the deep dive yep because I know you know DJ had it move on him this week when he saw a little bit of news do you want to touch upon America's ass and you know the rumors surrounding the potential um, oh, return yeah. of we, we could so it was there was a lot of places that picked up on the thing that Evans was coming back as Cap. Right. So I think it was like it was mm-hmm. Deadline. It wasn't Variety. It was I don't I, I don't have the list. In front I think of me, Deadline but. had it. I think ComicBook.com. Yeah. I mean, it was like yeah. four well, or five I, different. ComicBook.com doesn't count. They just that just means that someone said it on a podcast. But um. Well, that means Kevin said it somewhere, right? Yeah, exactly. No shit. <laughs> Isn't that them transcribing? Yes. So, uh. It's been out. It's out there that Chris Evans signed up to do come back a couple shots at, as Captain America. 
Um, I mean, it, whether it was flashbacks or whether, you know, my dream is uh, yeah, this- a him and Peggy Carter show or whatever, whatever, whatever. So, and then, you know, he did the little tweet that, oh, that's news to me kind of thing. But you know what? Yeah, I um, read two different stories. One said that there was one full movie and then the potential for like two or three cameos. Yeah. And they had the option to drop him in if needed in other spots. Yeah. Who knows if it's true, but. Yeah. But so I think it's very, very highly, highly, highly possible. I'll believe the rumors for now because even though he goes, oh, what are you talking about? Well, that's because that's the Marvel way to do things. Like I was telling you guys on Slack, Downey did the exact same thing. They were talking about him being in Spider-Man. Yeah. But I'm not adding movies to my contract. No, no, no. I'm doing my ones and I'm getting out. And next thing he's in three Spider-Man, he pops up in two Spider-Man movies. So they, you know, someone probably well, got fired to somewhere. To be fair, next leaving thing a memo was, on the printer or something, but. Next thing was also the number one up to $40 million for like, seven minutes of screen time or something right in a spider-man movie too oh yeah yeah and you're not gonna give him that kind of money but i think and i'm trying not to get too bleak with this i think maybe someone realized that with what happened to chadwick you can't go into this next wave with just olsen and captain marvel people just Right. I'm not gonna say not gonna care, but yep. it's not you need to somehow for... retcon one of the. You need to have one of the big guns in there right. somewhere, and you know, you, you pay him. You know, if movie theater's gonna open back up, you pay the guy whatever he wants. You get him back in, yeah. even if it's just flashback stuff, new flashback scenes, whatever. Just you know, you get Cap back in there because he's Captain America, man. I mean, it's just yeah. I f- I forgot about the the whole left uh, with Chadwick. Bozeman being gone and and Black Panther, I uh, had that's a good context for why Chris. Yeah, you're right, DJ. That's that's good. Yeah. So I mean, as much as I love Thor, I don't think Thor. Thor's a great character. Helmsworth does an amazing job, but Thor's not a, was never like a leader like Tony yeah. or Cap was. Thor's yeah. always just like the muscle, mm-hmm. the yeah. firepower. So you need that leadership back because I just I'm once again I don't care for the Captain Marvel character. I don't care for the no. way it's portrayed. And that's just, I don't think that's going to cut it going forward. So, yeah, I, I would agree. Like I, said, I still, like I said, I want to see him and Peggy in like the 40s and 50s running through Hydra yes. cells. Yes. Kind of like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. That would just be just an amazing, <laughs> yeah. amazing like thing. But that'd be cool. I mean, maybe they just signed him to come back and voice some what if stuff. I mean, who knows? I mean, but Ooh. I think he's already signed up for that. Oh, he already did that? They've already okay. used him. Yeah. Yeah. But they got the original cast back yeah. for that. So all of the original voices are in what if. Those are going to be good too. So, yeah. Um, and then, oh, there was other one other little things. Let's talk about the TV shows. Um, so, some Falcon Winter Soldier stuff leaked out. Okay. Um, so, number one is uh, someone got a hold of, uh, I think one of the stores overseas put their toys out early by accident. And for Falcon Winter Soldier, there is full blown toys of Sam in the full Captain Falcon getup, like the full red, white, and blue shenanigans. Oh, cool. cool. So, that's probably coming. But also, so there's this guy. Who I forget his name, but he he has a Twitter account that he only pops up every couple years and fires off a bunch of bullets. And in the past, when he's done it, he's been a hundred percent correct. He nailed Cap wielding the hammer. He nailed uh, Iron Man dying like four months the movie came out. He nailed all kinds of stuff. Um, store he nailed Stormbreaker coming into Avengers. Everything right. Mm. So his big shot is is that the underlying theme of falcon winter soldier is they need a new captain america and they don't want to give it to sam they don't want to give it to bucky which is why you have u.s agent but they're running a weapons program to create a new captain america 
Okay. And the big rumor is it's right. th- th- you're going to end the Falcon Winter Soldier thing with them someone walking down a hallway in this new program, and you're going to have Weapon Ted, and you're going to and th- that they're going to bring Wolverine in. So that's that's something to, it, it, whether what? yeah um, so that's at least a nice carrot to look forward to because this guy's been right like ninety eight percent of the time I guess so that's a that is something that that'd be an interesting it, spin yeah, yeah and and, yeah. and a a hell of a a hell of a way to right the whole how how you bring Wolverine and the X Men all those things back in because in my head those are still so separate because of you know, the last 20 mm-hmm. years of, of separation. Um, yeah. But that, that's pretty exciting. It's interesting. That, it's interesting. That's what they did. Cause nothing moves the pants like the X-Men for me. So just nothing yeah. can do it. Like the X-Men. Well, I love now the you, X-Men. Have, you have two potential paths where the X-Men could appear. Cause mm-hmm. nice segue into WandaVision. You know, let's get to the, yeah, let's get to long that. Rumored. Yep. So, so, um, WandaVision up here. kicked off this week on Disney plus. Mm-hmm. And, um, just to start with, I, I didn't think it would feel so good just to see the Marvel crawl. It did. Just hear the music. It was like, ah, there it is. It was. It was like it was cleansing almost. Yeah. I I wasn't expecting it. Like I just sat down, you know, hit hit, hit play, and I'm like, what? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to hear it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's crazy, yeah. It's, it's almost like you know, because it's been been over a year now since you heard that, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Yep. So a little bit of normalcy. Which that means nice. you're a well conditioned consumer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, no hook line Total and sinker. Pavlonian response. Nope. I is sheep, but um, so it start so the show starts off, but it's in black and white, and it's very sitcommy. It's in the fourteen nine aspect ratio. Mm-hmm. Is no. that what it is? Thirty three. 30, what's, what's one one thirty three to one. It's it's uh it's it's three to one or uh no it's one and a third to one. It has like it's, the old bars on the side like the old yeah. TV aca- it, it it's called the Academy Ratio. It's the okay. traditional okay. Uh, yeah. I knew pre widescreen mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but the so the show starts off and it's you know it's it's got a little theme song and it's Vision of Wanda and it's all black and white and they almost basically copied the old Dick Van Dyke show intro. Yeah. Where he like, exactly but, that, it, yeah. but instead of like sidestepping the ottoman, he just phases through it and shit. Yeah. So you know you're in for like a lot of tongue in cheek and a lot of pulling from other stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's spooky. Like there's because they did such a great job of nailing the tone and the lighting and the and the laugh track and the over the top performances. Like Catherine Hahn, one of my yeah. favorite characters. I love she her. Is, she, mm-hmm. but but I mean, you know. She comes swinging in, and want you know Wanda and Vision are kind of playing these overplayed sitcomy roles, but there's an undercurrent of distress or confusion. Whereas Catherine Hahn comes swinging in with yeah. her voice, and you know she's just chewing acting. She's just in, yeah. Oh yeah, chewing the scenery. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, there are things hidden all over the place, from what I understand in the show. Like every frame has like fifteen Easter eggs in it. Okay. <laughs> um, even though we're all pretty big comic book guys, I don't think any of us ever did the I, deep di- the deep dives no. on the Wanda and the Vision story ones, no. right? Nope. So no, I didn't read any of the recent stuff. I mean, I remember reading the miniseries back in the eighties. Yeah. But so on that, me too. And I, there's a couple of things I've picked up on. So number one is that obviously, like everyone knows, Vision's dead. So Vision doesn't actually exist yet, or we think he doesn't. Mm. He, well, well, I don't know when this is. I know it's we... post Endgame. Okay. It's post Endgame. It is post Endgame. Have they established that in they... the series itself? 
Is there anything that we've seen in the first two episodes that helped me know that? No, except for what they said during like the pressers and There's, stuff. Like, yeah, okay, but I ha- I yeah. don't have that knowledge. Yeah. I'm I'm seeing what I'm seeing. There's Coming in as a fan, of- I know he's dead. In what was it? Uh, not Endgame, but uh, Infinity War. Infinity War. Infinity right. War. Yeah. Yeah. There is one illusion. I think this is where DJ's going to jump to. Wanda makes one offhand comment that kind of harkens back to Vision and what happened in Infinity War when she makes the crack about his indestructible head. When she hits uh, plate. Yeah. Which yeah. clearly is not the case. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, do you notice, like, so I, I do like the fact that whenever she's like, you know, because she's this, like we said before, anyone doesn't know, Wanda Maximoff is a, we'll say, we'll give her top three billing as far as strongest characters created in the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Especially the She's Earth right up there with Captain Marvel. Yeah, I mean, she's yeah, we'll just go the Earth most characters. powerful characters. Yeah, it's like her, Captain Marvel, and Jean Grey. But unlike Jean Grey, who's just the most there powerful telepath, non-Phoenix, without Phoenix, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Wanda's power is... On top of all the sorcery type stuff, she can literally bend and rip apart reality. It's what she can do. She finds that out later on down the line in the in the books. Mm-hmm. So she's this extremely powerful. I'm going to call her mutant because that's the word I like to use. But when she's like cleaning the dishes and stuff, it all looks like shitty wire work from the 40s and 50s. Oh yeah, yeah. It looks like a bewitched or a I dream oh, yeah. genie kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah. I just I so and there's a ton of that stuff in that, and I appreciate all that just from like the. Uh, the authenticity aspect, I guess. Sure. It, it It's production, it's tone, right? Again, they've nailed, which, which makes it really eerie for me. Like the experience of watching it is funny, ha-ha on the surface, but because you know there's something wrong, you know you are dealing with an almost acid trip of her brain or, or both of theirs or whatever it is. You can't, yeah. you know, I don't fully know, but it's mm-hmm. it's unsettling. While also being just, it is kind of funny and amusing, but it's it, really unsettling. It did the first the first episode was uncomfortable. Yeah, it's it. I was just off watching it. It it took me a couple. I've watched both of them twice now. Yeah, and I appreciated it more just because I knew what to go and looking for. Yeah, but again, there was still scenes. The whole dinner party scene. Yeah, there was like little bits that were still bugged the shit out of me the second yeah. time around. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of cool because like he says like this is it's this is not gonna like i was t- telling you guys on slack it's like i'm pretty sure whenever the oh fuck me moment happens in this show mm. it's gonna be top three all time like something's gonna crazy gonna happen yeah i think you're getting there already you're seeing i think i know what it is illusion too. uh it's i mean you already see who's at least monitoring her right yeah. so so i don't recognize that sword and circle is that a shield logo it's, it's sword it's, it's called sword, sword. Okay. Which okay, is the so Space Division of Shield? Got it. Yeah, it's a, a so good guys group in theory, right? Those are those are supposed to be good guys. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, so in the books, I mean, Sword was later on, but Sword was like basically a division to protect Earth from like intergalactic stuff. You mm-hmm. know, Beast was a short age. I think Polaris was. A lot of the X Men characters mm-hmm. were in Sword actually, so okay. that's interesting. Um, uh, so basically, at the end of Cap, uh, shit, not Captain Marvel. Was it the end of Captain? Um, the end What's of the, oh, no, the end the, of Infinity War. I thought it was the end of uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home. Yes, something. I'm sorry, that's what it was. Yeah. End of Far. Uh, it's been so long. Far. End of Far From Home. When Talos is Nick Fury, and Nick Fury's up on the right. space station, he's up mm-hmm. on the sword base. Yeah, right. Okay. It's like their watchtower, kind of. Right. But um, yeah. So someone's monitoring Wanda, 
Whether that's, you know, people think and it's you, But you Hill keep hearing someone, but... a voice cutting through Wanda, who is doing this to you, right? And you don't know yeah. what that's... We get that, from. what, episode two? Two, I th- yeah. The yeah, radio I thought at I the heard women's... It, I thought I heard meeting. it at the end of episode one yeah. as well, but it's tough. I watched well, it so continuously. So. Ep- episode one is kind of just like, you don't know what to think, but then episode two, things start to break. You get the, the loud noise. Yep. Um, you get the helicopter with the mm-hmm. sword logo on it. And it's all in color. Mm-hmm. You get the cut yeah. hand, the red, the red, right. the theme. everything's red because her powers are red. Vision's skin is red. Um, you got the, the blinking dude. light in the first one, the yep. toaster commercial, which ties back to the Stark bomb going off. Yep. And also Did the- it, that, I noticed that the second time around. That almost mirrors when Tony's in Iron Man 1 mm-hmm. and the Stark missile lands next to him hiding behind the rock. You hear the little countdown beeping yep. <laughs> instead of obviously toast coming up. Right. Yep. thing blows, but- yeah, um, there's a lot of little illusions. Yeah, it's um, and also like you know, even just two episodes in, I forget how good of an actor Paul Bettany is. Oh, he's awesome! Oh, he was he's amazing. Awesome. And he bagged Jennifer Connelly, so he's like man Hall of Fame right there. But um, he's, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, he married Jennifer Connelly, the bastard. I mean, he's, but um, he's yeah, he's hilarious. Did he marry career actor. opportunities, Jennifer yeah. Connelly? Like her at her peak, <laughs> riding the little horse and Target? No. <laughs> That's a Jennifer I like to remember. Uh, mm. um, but the, <laughs> that little, mm, I'm trying to where to go now. No, so, happy so, memories. So towards the end of the second episode, right, uh, we've got, you know, there's disturbances outside that they've had, and you know, yep. couple couple nights. It's obviously not the trees. Um, they go out. They see a guy in a sword jump beekeeper suit coming out yeah. of the coming out Mm -hmm. of a manhole and then she says no and you get the rewind and and she's pregnant still but she gets the happy ending but that implies that she's in control of everything we're seeing in some fashion partially for now house of m yeah it is house of m yeah so one thing they refer in this show i have no idea they do did you catch that dj yeah, right. House of M's how they rebooted the X-Men. Basically, they did a thing where none of the heroes realized who they were. I, I don't know. But um, but that's, I mean, that's the most logical way to, to bring it, in X-Men. It starts, that beekeeper thing that you brought up, Sean, mm-hmm. ties directly to House of M because there's a, there's a scene in that series where Wanda literally goes, no more mutants, mm-hmm. and every mutant on Earth loses their power. Whoa. Mutants just cease to exist. Whoa. They're there. They just, they're not mutants anymore. Yes. House of M was Marvel at its pettiest where it's like, oh, Fox isn't going to give us back the X-Men. Okay. There's no no more X-Men. We're not going to write more stories for him. I like Marvel at its pettiest. Yeah. It's like Disney saying Fantastic Four just doesn't exist until we have all the rights back. And hey, guess what? We're going to cancel the title that's been around since, yep. you know, yeah. before any of you were born. They just sterilized the X-Men because they didn't like the Wolverine movie. That's pretty funny. <laughs> they made it go away. Yeah. So well, that, there's- That's intriguing to me because, yeah. you know, as the as the clue, most clueless of the three of us, I had yeah. no idea what it was other than some form of external fact peeking in mm-hmm. and Wanda having the ability to basically say- no, I don't want to deal with that. I want to go back to, you know, the resolution I've got where apparently we're going to have a kid. You know, it it, it was a, a, a mental yeah. retreat that she had mm-hmm. power over, at least her experience of what was going on. Let's get to the kid real quick. Okay. So the, the hint of her having a baby 
was hit on about five or six times yeah. throughout the first two episodes. Yeah. So here's what I figured. Like I said, I, I've, I've read the the series, like Chris did, the little miniseries back in the day. And I read it again, I think a couple of years ago. Um, I had a PDF for whatever, so I was reading it. Uh-huh. So uh, the Agnes character, her name is not Agnes. Okay. The character in the show is Agnes. I am, I am under the understanding that she is Agatha Hardigan, who is a witch in the Marvel Universe mm. okay. from the Salem Witch Trials that teaches Wanda how to actually use her powers Ooh. and who basically cons her into conjuring the twins, her two sons, the kids, for the specific use of giving them to Mephisto, who in the Marvel Universe is the devil. Ooh. She mm-hmm. also mentions the devil twice in episode two. The yep. devil's in the details. He's closer than you think. Yep. Her husband, Ralph, that you haven't seen yet, is going to be Mephisto. Ooh. Mephisto will be the bad guy in <laughs> Doctor Strange 2. I'm convinced of it. That's, <laughs> that's what's happening. Awesome. That'd be amazing. So that's that's what I pulled out of it. That's what they're, I think that's what they're going to do. Well, I, you know, as, I mean, if, if, if I go back and think <laughs> to the times we've talked about this, you know, coming... Two episodes in, I find what I said to begin with to be exactly where I'm at, where I'm excited as hell. I don't have a lot of grounding in the characters and stories like you do, but this, I love what they've done. I love how they produced it. It is affecting me while entertaining me. Like I'm, you know, it is eerie. I want to know more. And if I, as a non-deep fan if this is one of the first ways they're starting to pull me into the new era of Marvel, I'm like, bring it right. I put, I'm on the conveyor oh, yeah. belt about to be fed through I'm, the fan processing, you know, apparatus. I'm just fascinated to see where they take a character that has the ability to bend reality. Mm-hmm. If she loses touch with all reality, <laughs> yeah, yeah. if her mind breaks, so there is nothing real. It's whatever she's conjuring in her mind. Yeah. I'm very curious to see where they spin that and how they can yeah. unwind that, if you will. So, and I, and I can also see why they initially the plan was to do Falcon Winter Soldier first, because it's a much more easier pill to swallow than I think was going to happen in this one. Yep. This one's definitely going to be weird. Um, like but this Chris is a Lewis, better way to set a hook, right? The tone is, and everything, yeah, it's, out, this, it's outside. Yeah. And, this sets your next phase. Mm-hmm. This is your reset that everybody kind of said, okay, we just lost all of our toys. Yeah. (laughs) All of the characters we grew up loving for the last 10 years are now either dead, gone, whatever. Right. How are you going to hit that reset button to move into your new phase here? Yeah. And I think Chris is 100% 100 right. They're going to do House of M, I think. Just because it's it's the most... Current X-Men arc for them to go with, I think. So... Which makes sense. And Sean, you didn't... I didn't pick up on this. I read it this mm-hmm. after the fact. And then, of course, I made a point to watch for it in the second one. The bottle of wine in episode one yep. actually refers to House of M in French on the label. Oh, I didn't see the label. There's little things like that. I didn't I didn't notice it because you, you're, too, you're too busy watching everything float out of the kitchen, yep. set the table. But they did make it a point. And if you go back and watch again, they actually focus on the bottle. They give you the okay. split second that you could read the label if you so chose. And it's right there. There's so they're they're setting it up. A thousand Easter eggs in this thing. Like I mean, hell, in episode two, the cabinet, the yep. magic cabinet they're using. Look at the design on the cabinet. It's the mind it's stone, his Vision's stone. head. Yeah. Yep. I did notice that. Um, I saw in the the second of the 
commercials, right, which are really well done. Um, mm. The second one was a guy's a guy with a watch, and the watch Baron you know said Hydra and one thousand. Oh, that was that. It was a, it was a Strucker well, watch. And, and Baron von yes, Strucker it's a Strucker watch. Oh, right, he's yeah, the one I that created the that. twins. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, so, Hydra 1000 meter, you know, that yeah. that was an interesting thing. If they go House of M, it'd be cool because so the thing that came out of House of M is I'm trying to remember so when she creates the new reality, Magneto is the ruler of the world, her dad Magneto. So, mm-hmm. do they bring Magneto in that way does she just conjure her dad fa- Magneto? Yeah, Magneto's her father. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Magneto's that. The father okay. of the twins, yeah. Yeah. So, and then do they bring Quicksilver back? And if they do, which Quicksilver do they bring back? Or do they just bring back, like, she just makes a new Quicksilver? That'd be interesting. They've been- Mag- Magneto's the father of the there. twins. Yeah, of the- Wanda and Quicksilver. Oh, right. Quicksilver. That's right. Yeah. But Quicksilver's dead, so- Yeah, for now. Yeah, for now. Yeah. But if, I mean, it's, <laughs> it gives you the giant reset button. You don't have to oh, go yeah. back in time when you can just yeah. bring back whoever you want. Yeah. She is a walking magic rock. She wrote this. I've already seen that movie this year. I'm sorry. (laughs) No more magic rocks. I mean, I wonder if, I mean, if she, you know, if she wakes up from this friggin' nightmare and just, just say she wakes up and she's like off the friggin' rocker. Mm -hmm. She's in this facility. I would, somewhere in one of these bases, they have all the infinity stones. Cause Tony had them when he died. So they have all the rocks somewhere. So should she go over and grab the mind rock and like pull vision out of it somehow again? Or I mean, who knows? I mean. Interesting. Does she does she destroy all the Infinity Stones and it creates like a Tony had them, but at the no, but at the end of um, Endgame, Cap goes back through time. To oh replace, yeah, that's right. He had to return the Infinity Stones to all of the. Oh, that's now that right. doesn't mean she can't go get it, but yeah, that's but, right. Okay, that's right. I forgot. That's about when that. we got old man. Cap. Oh yeah, put put them all back where they were. Yes, he had to go back and place them back exactly where they were to, you know, because. That whole space time thing. Well, he had to put the mind stone back in the vision's head, then, right? Oh, hmm. before the mind stone existed outside of vision's head. Because where was it before? I don't know. Uh, where was it before vision's head? It was. Yeah, I I forget. If they all went back, was the mind then stone in the Loki Pokey stick? No, that was the Terrasac. Ether was Thor too. The Terrasac. The Tesseract had that, 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 a stone that, that. in it. Yeah, the blue one. The yellow one was, so purple was Guardians of the Galaxy, red was Thor, Soul green was Doctor Strange. Strange. Was it in Wakanda? What the hell was <laughs> Clearly these things had a big impact care. on us. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, crazy shenanigans. Oh, just all our Marvel fans. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's also, it's, I, like I, said, I slept like shit and it's early and I didn't think that far ahead. I just kind of hit my brain now. It's like, wait, well, there's, it's, uh, there's still magic uh, rocks. Oh, excuse me. Holy crap. DJ forgot the last third of the Magic Rock story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have them all. I remember the part when the people came down We can the rebuild sky? it. Anyway, WandaVision. Life is so good, far, but it all, could be all three of us are enjoying it, looking forward to more and more I, beyond. I'm intrigued. I went back and watched the second trailer again because clearly now that you see what they're doing with the episodes, <laughs> you're just moving your way through every decade of sitcoms. Yes. Yes. There's a decidedly like Three's Company esque feel to the shot of them on like a tandem bike. You're gonna walk right. your way through. Well, so I didn't. Episode really two is Bewitched. About that, but they yeah, two, for episode two. You're right. Two, they did kind of exactly. move forward five to ten years, I think, from you know fifties into sixties. And it was um, Heather that noticed it right away. She's like, the house and the furniture have all changed. 
It's yes, it was a different you're room. Just yeah, phasing into the next one. Interesting. It was kind yeah. of a kick in the head too. Do we get to RPG watching? I know. Uh, oh God! No. Please, like, please. So, but they're um, also they're ripping off tropes from shows because, like I said, they, the the living room is the oh, Dick ripping, Van Dyke totally. living room. It's so it's, I mean, it's living in them. Yeah, the living yeah. room is Dick Van Dyke in episode one. In episode two, the house matches Bewitched, and then mm-hmm. also like they put the beds together, which happened in the Brady Bunch and on Bewitched, and so you might yep. get some I Dream of Genie or something. Like that. But the thing is, and you think about it, remember she's like from like like Western Europe or something like that. Yeah. So you got to think like when she was, you know, locked up in the Hydra base, or whatever, Did she probably had an old black and white TV with crappy American TV shows to watch on rerun, which is probably why all this stuff is happening. All she knows you... about other stuff other than what her existence was, was what she watched on TVs. Ooh, nice. Did you like the Sarkovian greeting? <laughs> I did. Yeah, that I made did. me laugh out loud the first time I watched it. Yeah. And was, not for the comedic funny. element, yeah. but that was brought in specifically tying back to Age of Ultron. The yep. first time she meets any Avengers when she's coming up behind them. Yeah. They're alluding right back to that. So I yeah. have that I don't remember anything about that movie. I now deleted it from my John, existence. So bad. You really should, because it was by far the worst of all. Yeah. Was, other than giving us Wanda, it was fucking terrible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is so sad because I like James Spade or something. Yeah. Other than maybe the hammer scene, I guess. Yeah. Maybe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that, that first shot uh, with her jumping down the hill was pretty dope too, but which, um, but I don't know if you noticed this, Sean. Mm-hmm. We're going to go ultra deep cuts here. All right. So in episode two, mm-hmm. the town square and the gazebo they're using there. Yes. That was all filmed on the Warner Brother lot. Right. That was on the WB lot in Burbank. So that is Hazard County. That is any number of shows that have had. Oh, um, that's Griffith. where Gilmore Girls were from. Andy Griffith. All that. Specifically to Sean, though. The public library that Vision walks in to go to his little neighborhood watch meeting, mm-hmm. that, that was, is that Gotham was City Hall exactly. from yeah. Batman 66. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. did notice that. And they just threw letters over the door and you're good to go. Yep. Yeah. The show's worth it almost just for all like the all the, all the deep pulls, you know? Well, I just- Yeah, that was fun. I, I mean, I love it. The, you know, I, I, was, I was paying attention to um, the lighting, right? The shadows being cast behind them when they're in the room on the couch and stuff, right? It is traditional multi-camera, you know, uh, live audience soundstage lighting. Like they did, yeah. Know, they did not have to have those shadows, those unnatural. They did live shadows. audience for the first right. one. Yeah. Oh, did it they? was a live That's studio awesome. audience. Yeah. If you watch episode one again, episode one is filmed completely in in old timey three camera. The whole thing. Oh, yeah. And then episode two, mm-hmm. then they add the like the the, uh, the wide shots and the zoom shots and stuff like that. Yeah, it's so well. And I'm, even at the end when they broke outside at night, yeah, the the that was lit. Other than being uh, in grayscale, so there wasn't color. That was modern lighting. That was modern camera movement. Like like you said, they are they yeah. are shifting in real subtle ways that makes it uneasy. Yeah, it's almost gonna be like when when this is all said and done, and you get your holy shit moment, and everything starts to make sense to you. It's gonna be worth it, I think, to sit down and rip through the whole thing all at once and just appreciate yeah. the flow yeah. of the artistry of it. So, how much planning went into this thing to line all those pieces up? Yeah, they did a lot of work. I wish I could get drunk by swallowing gum. I know, seriously, 
Wouldn't that be amazing? It'd be so much cheaper. Mai Tai is like 13 bucks. A pack <laughs> of Winter Fresh is like 25 cents. <laughs> yeah. but that's right. good. That's just how good of an actor the guy is. So. Yeah. I hope right, he comes well, out of this thing still around. I hope they bring him the Vision character back because he's a big part of the Avengers. Why not? He's a, he's a well. great actor and a good character. Yeah. yeah. All right, where okay. are we going, DJ? So, uh, in uh, homage to the first two episodes of WandaVision, um, let's go top three favorite black and white TV shows from back in the day. Awesome. So, uh, like despite the abuse I'm sure to receive... Um, I think most TV shows by the time I was watching TV had in fact, you know, been produced in color. Um, but I did watch a lot of black and white TV when I was a kid. Um, not only because our TV literally was a black and white TV. So even all the color stuff I saw, you know, in, in black and white, but, wow. uh, I got a few honorable mentions. Do you guys have any? Um, yeah, I got, yeah. I, I tried to, I, too, I tried to cut it down, but all right. Uh, so, uh, Father Knows Best, uh, that came to mind because Jen actually watched the entire series like a year or two ago. And so I actually saw a lot of that. Just really enjoyed it. Um, Mr. Ed, loved talking horse as a kid. And uh, and Bewitched. I watched, you know, I watched so much Bewitched. I loved, I loved that show. I don't remember much about it other than the little elements we saw in episode two there, both the, the intro you know, the stylized mm -hmm. animation and everything. Um, it just hits me the way that something that is, you know, part of your childhood does, you know, as you often discuss, DJ. So those are my three honorable mentions. Dick those York, Dick Sergeant, Sergeant York. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bewitched and I Dream of Genie were yeah. staples in reruns growing up. Yep. And they kind of slotted in right before the Brady Bunch on yeah. Yeah. TV here. Yep. Very cool. Um, I'll blast through a few honorable mentions here really quickly. You actually touched upon one of them, Sean. I had one class that were just just the black and white shows you watched growing up that the theme song just stuck in your head <laughs> forever. <laughs> Mr. Ed was definitely one of those. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the Mr. Eds, the Rawhides, the Andy Griffith, like yeah. things that immediately, and it becomes the earworm. As soon as you think of it, forget it. The thing's stuck in your head. Um, then I couldn't, these guys almost made the top three, and I kind of lumped the two of them together, and I'll gloss over them in case you guys do but the Munsters slash Adams family, they yes, kind of yeah. in that. I couldn't so really good. separate the two of them. They're kind of in that I Dream of Genie, Bewitched kind. Of, yep. You saw them constantly. I didn't watch them consistently, but you, if they were on, you were always watching those. And then um, because my grandfather loved it so much, Perry Mason, <laughs> the yeah. old black and white Perry Mason episodes, just probably tied right back into my love of crime dramas and yeah. all of that going on today. So yeah. those are mine. What do you got, DJ? Okay. So for me, Perry Mason was always in color. Was that was that Raymond Burr? Was that the mm -hmm. in the eighties? Yeah, the that... early ones were. The, that was the reboot of Perry Mason. Okay, yeah. so the yeah, original so I, one I, was with him in black and white. Okay, yep, I remember bearded Perry Mason. So, um, mm -hmm. uh, same this thing is with young, like, handsome, virile Perry Mason. Uh, there we go. Um, same thing with like with me. I do Magini and Bewitched. I always end up seeing the reruns in color, so I never thought it was black and white shows. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So I have I have two honorable mentions. Actually, I'm going to go three. Number one is the Beverly Hillbillies. Mm -hmm. um, yep. You want to talk about earworm songs? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Also, some of my favorite uh, old TV shows turned into crappy '90s movies was the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> so um, also Lassie because uh, I love yeah. dogs and that was yeah. my dog show. There you go. Um, and. Uh, a weird thing for a six or seven year old to watch on Nickelodeon um, was Car Fifty Four. Where are you? <laughs> Loved the Car yeah. Fifty Four. Where are you? <laughs> Don't know why. Yep. Don't ask. But yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Those, like that's them. a that's a good set of appetizers. Um, 
and actually leads pretty solidly into my number three, which is Beverly Hillbillies. So nice. The 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 song the right even even in an early age, and I watched a lot of it actually uh, during summers in Los Angeles uh, visiting my dad. Um, he still worked, so I had to go to you know one of a number of little daycare centers or whatever where we watched black and white TV for much of the day. And mm-hmm. the my love of Los Angeles and the movie business, you know, always everybody loves mansions and rich things, but you also love humorous, you know, doofus characters. And so everything about I got got Hollywood, L.A., rich people, dumb people, you know, independent of whether they're rich or poor. I, I just love that show. And the theme, you know, I mean, who doesn't love bubble and crude as as a solid rhyme? <laughs> Um, so yeah, Beverly Hillbillies all the way. Like it. Um, as a little caveat going in my top three, these, or this order could be whatever you wanted it to be. Any one of these could have been number one. Oh yeah. Honestly, I'm just kind of shuffling them this way. I could make a case for any of them. Um, for number three, I'm going to go. I love Lucy. Yes. Nice. It's just, just the classic sitcom that kind of, and you still see it. Even in some of what we just saw in WandaVision. In everything. They're still yeah. pulling from that Lucille Ball character. I mean, every yeah. every comedy that came after that is pulling some of the themes, the physical comedy that led to your Carol Burnett's and everything else that then yes. built upon that. Trace it all the way up to Kramer and Seinfeld, you know? But that interplay between Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball. And then I just grew more of an appreciation for it too, as you learned how much of the mastermind behind all of that Lucille Ball was. Yeah. That she was really the talent driving that whole show. But that was a favorite of, again, it, I spent a lot of time with my grandparents growing up. And they absolutely adored that show. So I got to watch a lot of those as they were watching the reruns coming up. So yeah. I love Lucy at three. Nice. Nice. Uh, so my number three, you guys both had his honorable mentions. My number three is Mr. Ed. <laughs> um, horse is mm-hmm. a horse, of course, of course. I mean, it was a talking horse. I mean, it was the... It's I was. Awesome. M- mesmerized famous small Mr. child yeah. famous mr ed not just any mr ed uh <laughs> no com- i don't think ed. the show really wasn't about anything like the show like nothing really happened in the show you just kept talking horse the horse oh, talk. awesome yeah. and yeah and you like just said, needed a horse in a barn it's i mean the easiest <laughs> setup i know but uh it was just like i said like as a i didn't understand as a kid how they did it like how do they make the horse talk like how, like, how do they wind it like i didn't get it but so yeah mr ed wilbur yeah Good stuff. Um, my number two, uh, kind of following a, a horse line, um, the Lone Ranger. So mm. this, you know, this again, so much of my memories of watching it come down to you know a particular Southern California daycare, you know, where it was on reruns every afternoon, and you know the William Tell overture and Hio Silver and uh, you know and Tonto and his horse and you know the you get little bits of Western, but they're, you know, very, very simplistic, good guys, bad guys, you know, the bad guys get shot, uh, you know, the, the hero and his trusty sidekick right into town, help people right off who was that masked man. You know, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's a classic piece of, you know, black and white awesomeness. Like Americano most. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Excellent. Um, my number two 
is actually a twofer. These kind these two are kind of tied at the hip for me mm-hmm. and actually shaped a lot of what my fandom would be mm-hmm. and my taste going forward. Uh, that's the Twilight Zone and Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Yes. So I can't believe I didn't think of those because yes. It, if I go back through, I can trace back to watching those old black and white on both, both shows right into my taste in literature, my taste in movies going forward. Um, right back. I mean, I'm one of those suckers that every time they reboot the Twilight Zone, I'm always hoping for that magic in a bottle. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. One of my favorite episodes of TV is in the first reboot, the John Lithgow with the yes. gremlin on the wing oh, of the yeah. plane. Oh, yes. And terrified yes. me as a child, just watching him devolve into a goddamn puddle in a plane yeah. seat because <laughs> he sees something out on the wing. Um, and then Alfred Hitchcock presents, I mean, he's just an absolute master, but that definitely led me into your Stephen King's and the type of literature and the storytelling that I appreciated growing up. So I couldn't really break those two apart. So nice. Um, I never watched Twilight Zone as a kid. I remember, I think the first thing oh. I saw was like the movie with Dan Aykroyd in it. It, but, um, it just set the tone. Rod yeah. I, I watched after like later on in life and it was, it was amazing, but I just didn't have like the memories of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so my number two is also two things that to me are joined at the hip that I couldn't separate. And it's the Adams family and the monsters. Yeah. There you go. Um, I love the monsters. Uh, I remember I used to watch like the crappy monsters movies that were on TV after <laughs> and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I mean, I remember, I remember even like, I think it was like about, uh, actually it might've been like 10 years ago. Now they tried to reboot the monsters again. They just called it mockingbird lane. They did like a pilot yeah. on TV Yep, yep. and it was awesome. I don't know what happened. The pilot was amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I just, you know, it. yeah, it's just, you know, it's the, uh, you know, uh, it was a big Grandpa Monster fan. He was hilarious and, you know, all the stuff that comes with it. It's another a couple examples of, you know, shows where the themes are just so fantastic, right? They set such a tone. They take you right into not just the show itself, but the time. I, I just love both of those themes so much. Yeah. So. Was that, that was early 2000s, right? That was was that during the writer's strike? Yeah. That's what killed oh, it, I think. I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was that around the time that, like, Pushing yeah. Daisies and all those, those a bunch of promising shows that looked really yeah. cool, and then it's essentially remember, when everybody um, came back, they hit the reset button. Yeah. I just remember Eddie Izzard was playing Grandpa, and I love Eddie Izzard. <laughs> that sounds mm-hmm. awesome. I love Eddie Izzard, so. Yeah, it was. it was. That. Yeah, it was going to be pretty cool. Um, even, like, Athena was like, when's the next one? And I was like, there is no next there one. There is no <laughs> next one. I think... It might have been the same guy that did that in Pushing Days. I think it was a Brian Fuller thing. Oh. It might have been. I'm might pretty sure. I got him. No. Yeah, I'll go down that rabbit hole now. Damn you, Ryder Strike. Don't mind me. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so that that leads to my number one, yep. um, which is Superman. George Reeves' Superman. Mm. You can think about that. So, a bitch. You know, a nice pull. And, and that's one where... I don't remember the years that it was actually produced. That was like mid late fifties, maybe. Like it was early mid fifties, I think. Early mid fifties. You know, so the the sound and the lighting and the music, you know, had such a crunch of age and you know a tinny tone to them. Plus, I watched them on crappy little teeny TVs. Um, but but I mean, flying. You know, you know, I, we didn't have, I guess I was watching Batman 66 
around the same time. Um, mm-hmm. So to me, those were kind of contemporaneous, even though they were off by you know a decade or more. Um, but I was watching them at the same time. But I just loved right a bulletproof man who could fly, you know, crunching crunching bad guys and and you know the fact that nowadays you'd never get away with a guy with such a dad bod um yeah. where you know i mean it's just it, it's such a different time but was uh you know just it's the perfect example for me of the mash of the the the, the pop culture fandom that i have yet still cast back into those early days very nice very cool um before I jump to my number one, just a little shout out that kind of ties into my last one. And I don't know, Sean, where you were. DJ, you might remember this. The Twilight Zone and your Alfred Hitchcock tied directly into, on Saturday afternoons here on Channel 56, I believe it was, they used to do a what they call the Creature Double Feature. And they would show your old black and white horror movies in here. And it, oh, no. it's you would get... Creature from the Black Lagoon or your old Godzillas or any of those, the cheesiest horror movies you could possibly imagine that at age eight would terrify the shit out of you. You'd sit there frozen and then run out of the room on a commercial break. Or something like that? Kind of, yeah. It was all of the cheese that you could possibly imagine, which now as it was, as you guys were talking, like, oh yeah, that kind of ties into how I spent my entire childhood (laughs) sitting in front of a TV on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Um, All right. So. My number one, um, it actually is probably the precursor to something Sean mentioned earlier, uh, and I don't think, you know, Wanda's ever going to get to All in the Family, but the original black and white All in the Family, The Honeymooners. Ah, yes. And that's one There was, even as a kid watching the reruns of that, there was enough physical comedy and just silly that and some of it you could see the interplay between the characters and like your own grandparents as how <laughs> yeah. the, how that husband and wife relation would play out with the bickering and all that. But it's again, it's much like your I Love Lucy in that it really one, I was a huge Gleason fan, especially once you got into all your other ones, some movies we won't talk about because I think they were canceled, even though they're old favorites. Um cough, cough, but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Can't do that. Love prior though. So, but that's one of those, when you go back and watch that, the honeymooners is essentially your setup for Seinfeld. Yeah. When you look oh, at yeah. that set, it's, it's eerily similar in your four part play Yep. where your entire thing is set in one apartment. Most of your scenes take place either entering or leaving that damn door, <laughs> yeah. and that that is your set piece. That's your start to okay. We're moving on to the next set piece here. This is right. the the story moves forward by the door opening or someone leaving, and right. then we're on to our next thing. Um, you couldn't do a lot of it, although I don't. Maybe I'm just painting it with rose colored glasses. I don't seem to remember the honeymoon as being quite as bad as what like an all in the family would be these days. Yeah. But for the time it may have been, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look, but I'm always going to have a fond memory in my heart for Gleason and that whole, yeah. well, you know, like, Ralph and Ed and the- Archie Bunker was more like political incorrectness. It wasn't the honeymoon it was kind of more like verbal domestic abuse. It was exactly. 
but she gave as good as she got, right? Oh yeah, I mean, no, there was true, yeah. no. I mean, I yeah, he was full of bluster, but she told him he was an idiot just as much and treated him as such. Yeah, <laughs> the whole thing, the wishy washy best friend, the whole. I mean, it, yeah, it's so now stereotypical. He'd be, like, he'd be the crackhead stealing radios out of cars and stuff. <laughs> it, it just played very well for the time and the car- the actors that were bringing it to life. Just nailed Excellent. It. So yeah, nice. So. That's cool. We all have like different number. We all have number ones that weren't on anyone else's list. That's kind of cool. Yeah, like um, so my number one is Dennis the Menace. Oh yeah. Mm. So uh, easily one of my favorite shows. Period. When I was a kid, and that led into the comic strip I read every Sunday in the paper. Mm-hmm. It led into the uh, there was an animated yeah. series I used to always also watch. Uh, led to me always wanting a Misty Slush. I went to Dairy Queen because he was on the Dairy Queen Cups. <laughs> um, went into the. He was I, when we were growing up. That's right. Yeah, he was, and I like I love the Walter Matthau Dennis the Menace movie. I think it's yep. great. So it was just you know it was just like the kid on you know back in the day. That's what it was. It's kids outside all the time with the bike and the slingshot. I was never allowed to have <laughs> mud tra- catching frogs, get muddy and <laughs> shit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was just I don't know why, but yeah, I love Dennis the Menace. It was a great show, and it was on, you know, Nickelodeon during the day, too, so I had to even stay up late to watch on Nick mm-hmm. at night. It was just on rotation, and they do, sometimes they do the, uh, I think they used to do the show and the cartoon back-to-back, mm. so I was just, just, okay. I just yeah. used to just binge Dennis the Menace, nice. so it's my original Netflix, basically, so. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, good I'm character. shocked that none of us touched on Leave it to Beaver, now that, when you mentioned I, I Dennis the Menace, him. that jumped into yeah. my head. I Honestly, like, I didn't think I almost... I almost did Donna Reed as an honorable mentions because it was on before Dennis the Menace, so I always ended up watching Donna mm-hmm. Reed. <laughs> yeah, the Donna Reed show. Yeah. yeah. So, and none of us did awesome. Dick Van Dyke show either. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many there that I I thought of. Um, I didn't pick I Love Lucy because I was pretty sure you would, Chris. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I didn't pick Leave It to Beaver. Uh, it, you know, there's just I don't like Leave It. To there's Beaver. so much goodness. I I loved Leave It to Beaver. It was great. Yeah. Um, you kind of covered the Leave it to Beaver thing. I mean, the driver in that was the Eddie Haskell character, which is yeah. essentially an older Dennis the Menace. Yeah. 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 Yep. And I almost put the old the old Mickey Mouse Kobe runs with Frankie and Annette, but I didn't. So. Mm. Oh, almost. good point. Yep. Almost. Yeah. No, watch that was a good one. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Sean had the Beverly Hillbillies, the Lone Ranger, not the Johnny Depp one, mm. and Superman. <laughs> Chris had <laughs> Iowa We Lucy. can't talk about who the Lone Ranger is anymore. No, we can't. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, no Johnny Depp, no Cannibal. Um, Unless you know you like ribs. <laughs> you got to read those Army Hammer texts, Sean. They're mm, bonkers, I, man. I actually don't know what you're talking about. So you know Army oh, Hammer, well, the guy who played the Lone Ranger. Your, yeah, was supposed oh, to be Batman. Yeah, the uh, one of his movie. one of his ex girlfriends or something like what like some text messages out, and he's fucking he's a psychopath. Interesting. Yeah, no, he makes notice. Johnny Depp look. Uh, you know, grounded. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's done. So, uh, yep. um, so, so, so Sean had Beverly Hillbillies, Lone Ranger, and Superman, which I can't believe I forgot. Uh, Chris had I Love Lucy, The Twilight Zone, and the Alfred Hitchcock Presents, and The Honeymooners. And I had Mr. Ed, Adam's Family, slash The Monsters, and Dennis the Menace. Nice. Nice. So awesome. Boys. Yeah, we're gonna have to. Uh, we'll we'll touch on the one. We won't do one division like every week, but we'll once it's done, we'll we'll loop back around because we're gonna have to because it's yeah, gonna end up being it's gonna be such a bigger part of what's going on in the Marvel universe. So we'll kind of have to. But 
awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. We'll so uh, everyone, gentlemen. follow us on Twitter at fmen 37 Please subscribe mm-hmm. where you get your podcast. Leave us a review. Five stars is best, obviously. Hint, hint. Um, all the fake internet points. Subscribe on YouTube. Um, you know, all that good stuff. Oh, you can follow us on Facebook. I'll post the episodes on Facebook also. Excellent. That's all I got. Um, also, um, I think uh, this will come out this week. So uh, there's a 35% off tea Public sale. So everyone wants a fan men or the Chris Davis t-shirt. Or anything else related to anything else we talk about, you can probably find a Dennis the Menace shirt or a Alfred Hitchcock shirt or whatever. So I think I think one of my daughters wants a Mini. the Chris Davis shirt, so this might be a good time. Oh, there you good go. Thirty five percent off. <laughs> I apologize, Jen. It wasn't my doing. Uh, it was Gris's doing. That Wait, damn our friends Canadian. up north. So. Uh, Thank you much, everyone. Have a good night. All right, kids. Have a good week. Later.